0: Welcome to The Neanderthal Mind, bringing you riveting, educational, humorous, and sometimes serious perspectives on how our Neanderthal ancestors' will to survive still has a profound effect on our modern mind, body, and soul. Take a journey with us as we roll back the clock thousands of years to discuss all aspects of our Neanderthal ancestors. All right, my fellow cave dwellers, if you're ready, let's get this wheel rolling. Now here's your host and the leader of the pack, Anthony Yocolano. Surprise, cave dwellers, and welcome to this pop-up episode of the Neanderthal Mind. I know I said I was going on vacation, and believe it or not, I am. But I had to get this episode in for a dear friend and an awesome guest that I know you will all be excited to hear from. In this episode, I sit down with everybody's favorite author, E.A. Megs, of the enthralling, never-ending, fantastically awesome, The Dreamer Book Series, An Ice Age Saga. Just had to get Meg back on for her long-awaited and anticipated The Dreamer 6, The Outsiders, now available on Meg's website dreamer literary which you of course will be able to find in the show notes i know my faithful listeners have been anticipating this release for a very long time well it's here now so go get your copy before they're all gone all right cave dwellers sit back relax and enjoy the show i'll see you on the flip side Hey, Meg.
1: Hey, hi. Well, first of all, Anthony, thanks again for having me on. I really appreciate this chance to speak with you and to talk about my books and my projects. Um, Talking about myself, that's always the hardest part of any interview because I'm never sure what people would find (laughs) interesting. You know, I'm just a small town New England girl. I grew up on Cape Cod, still live here. I don't know if you want to discuss more of my background as That's
0: the completely conversation up to you. goes on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess we probably will. Uh, yeah, you know, I, you know. Again, I'm sure quite a few of uh, of our listeners, uh, you know, know a good bit about you, and uh, you know, are always happy to hear, you know, where you came from and how you got here. So, um, so with that, so you're, you know, reading a bit about you and, and your web pages and everything, your life experiences. I've given you a pretty good perspective on how uh, our Neanderthal ancestors may have lived. Is there anything you can elaborate on that that uh, might lead you to that?
1: Yeah, well, the variety of life experiences from uh, for four years, I had a, a job at the Museum of Natural History um, in Brewster, Mass. Um, I worked for official Wildlife also for four years. I spent a year as a resident employee um, at a state park. Um, which was, was actually a division of forestry. Um, I've done a lot of camping. I was uh, brought up by an outdoorsman and um, camping was a, a part of my childhood. And um, even as an adult, I, I camped not necessarily recreationally. Um, the area where I live is sort of a resort area. And once I went off on my own and I was having a hard time finding rentals especially in the summer when during tourist season so i would just live in the woods and um sometimes it was just in the woods and sometimes it was in a park but uh i would spend spring to fall living in the woods
0: it's it's that's like me with i love I don't know what it the woods just give me just being in a forest or you know just around trees and you know the uh, water just like energizes me you know I love it I don't I don't know what it is but uh, I love being out there like that
1: yeah, I do too. Um, it's a, it's a little bit different when you have to live in the woods. Well, sure. It's uh it's a little less fun when you have to get up and go to work <laughs> <laughs> and uh, come home from work and, you know, have to get water and make something to eat. And uh, when you wake up in the morning and you look outside the tent and there's a hard frost on the ground and you're trying to figure out if you can get dressed without leaving your sleeping bag. <laughs> oh but I I still enjoy camping I still love it I nowadays I I prefer to camp with a few more comforts than I had back then with just a little pup tent and you know what I could carry in my
0: backpack but but you're not as far as glamping are you as they call it now no no I
1: (laughs) not a glamper (laughs) anybody who ever saw my household which is pretty rustic uh would never think I was a glamper
0: so well okay, so let's touch a little more on the uh, uh your um, uh, your your stint at the museum of natural history what uh what did you get to do there or what you know what, what were some of the cool and fascinating things you might have might have got to see
1: my day to day job wasn't terribly fascinating because i was um i i my uh, title was Girl Friday, so they just had me do things that no one else had time to do um you know whether it was uh, cleaning up an exhibit or putting uh library books away because they had a a huge natural history library there um but there were times when the naturalists would take me out to um accompany them while they were doing field work um take me out on the trails to the point um, where sometimes they had me be a tour guide on the trails to point out different things to people who were visiting the museum. Um, I should add that the museum had uh, miles of trails out in the woods, in addition to their exhibits within the museum itself. Uh, They also had some uh, wildlife there, mostly animals who... um, like there was an owl that only had one wing, a great horned owl had been hit by a car and lost a wing. And it was just a resident at the museum and um, other animals who were in sort of similar situations, they'd been injured and just be, uh, they couldn't be released into the wild. Between the, uh, the naturalists kind of taking me under their wing and um, all the, the wonderful things that you're exposed to at, uh, at a museum of natural history, it was a real education within itself
0: would you say that that experience or education did that influence any of your direction towards uh, you know like the Neanderthal life I guess you can say
1: it it definitely piqued my interest in natural history um, in all its facets you know uh, geological and uh, zoological and uh, anthropological. <laughs> You know, it just piqued my interest in the sciences. Um, but I've always had a very strong interest in uh, nature. As I've mentioned, my dad was an avid outdoorsman. And some of my earliest memories, uh, being a real little kid, like three or four years old, um, was walking out in the in the woods with him and having him point out things to me and explain things to me. So it was just sort of a continuation.
0: Sure. So your dad's been a pretty good... Uh... Guide along your path, then, huh?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, and I would also like to mention that uh, today is his 84th birthday, and um, he's still active and alive and well.
0: <laughs> and uh, well, happy birthday, dad, dad, from uh, you know, all the, all the cave dwellers. Uh, happy birthday from all of us.
1: Thank you on his behalf, I'm sure he'll appreciate it. Um, but yeah, he's still my mentor, even after all these years.
0: So then all these uh, experiences and uh, you know, exposures to outdoors and uh, almost a primitive living sort of, you know, obviously not as primitive as it was back then. So uh, has that or what else has helped you lead to what now has become, uh, I don't know what I do, it's become, a, a, I guess, a, a living thing on its own is your dreamer series. Huh? Do you want to? Uh, talk a little bit about your dreamers.
1: Well, I had uh, aspects of my background that sort of lent themselves towards producing uh, books along those lines. Um, I never set out to write a string of books about uh, Neanderthal family. Um, it's just one of those things. Uh, I've been a compulsive writer since I was a kid, and uh, when I get an idea for a book. It's not that I sit down with a piece of paper and lay out an outline and a plot and, you know, make plans. I just wake up one day, there it is in my head. (laughs) And I just have this compulsion to write it. And, uh, I'm, I become sort of a slave to the process. I have no choice. I, you know, it just has to, has to come out. So, uh, So yeah, in 2000, February, 2015, all of a sudden I woke up with a book in my head and I just started writing. I thought it was going to be one book, but I realized a couple of months into it that this was never going to fit all in one book. So I, I've, um, divvied it up into, uh, what I thought would be chapters into individual books.
0: And, uh, and here we are six, so far, six uh, chapters or six books later, so right. far. <laughs> right? Yes. And it's uh, apparently still going, is that
1: correct? It's still going, yes. I'm guessing there's going to be two or three more, um, at least. We'll, we'll see how things pan out. But that's the, that's the plan as of now. I'm going to continue to put
0: out a book a year until the story's told. and that's that uh, I guess just based on uh, the story itself it's kind of just leading you down the path
1: exactly yes and I've um, once I started writing and I wanted to in some cases refresh my memory about uh, certain things about uh, paleoanthropology or where I felt as though I needed to add to my current store of knowledge so I've I've done just huge amounts of research in a uh, attempt to make it as accurate as possible to the period i've taken a a few different online courses as well to uh doing copious amounts of reading you know i try to follow along the field as best i can and uh you know just flesh out the stories so that they seem plausible um, hopefully achieving a balance not making them uh, too tediously scientific you know I want them to be entertaining stories you know that uh, have a historical background without reading um, like a reference book when I first started writing uh, the first book in the series um, after I went through the first draft I realized that read like an ice age survival manual with a, a story thrown in and I ended up having to edit about a third of the book out because it was It was just too bogged down with too many details that didn't move the plot forward.
0: I can imagine that. And I have no writing capabilities though. I can only imagine the extent, like who would have thought, you know, 2016, you, you know, you got this one book in your head and now here we are, what are we five, five years later. And, you know, it's, it's still going. I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. And, and, you know, like we've talked before, I've read, you know, your other books and, uh, I love how it, you know, it tells the story using factual finds, you know, factual information, discovery. So I know just even with my podcast, the, you know, the amount of uh, research that I need to try and get into to, to, you know, to be a little more versed in, you know, the subject. I, I can only imagine to write, you know, as many books as you have on it. It's, it's just got to be a lot of research.
1: Is but I love every minute of it. I really do. It's a a real passion of mine, to the point where friends and family know better than to bring up the subject around me because I won't shut up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's just a passion coming through, and there's nothing wrong with that. You gotta have a like passion. Pandora's
1: box. Don't don't open that box. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you do, don't get her started. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's Pretty funny. So again, like I said, you know, we're up to number six now. And uh, I mean, on your website, it's no surprise, I guess you have uh, maybe a number seven coming out. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. I'm currently uh, working on the first draft of the book seven.
0: Now. Okay. So then let's even go with that. On top of that, what is this? uh, Now we have a children's series. Is that correct?
1: The children's series uh, features the son of the main character in the adult series, and uh, the children's series just sort of take off with his adventures.
0: Now, how many were just at one book with that? Is that correct? Um, Well, it's
1: the first one. I'm planning
0: on doing a couple (laughs) of more, at least Uh a couple more. (laughs) I could only imagine. Who would have thought, right?
1: i know i know like you you've said to me before when does the madness stop and i i frankly don't know
0: <laughs> yeah you just like you know like we said you got to kind of just go where where the story takes you and there's nothing wrong with that i mean that's that's just it's it's a fantastic series as it is already and uh you know it's exciting to to anticipate the uh the new books coming out in that series and then i'm, I'm sure the children's one will be exactly like that
1: Well of course they're geared for kids and of course they're heavily illustrated and that's one of the things that stymies me a bit is um, I'm not really an artist (laughs) but uh, um, it takes me a lot longer to do the pictures than it does to actually write. You know I sort of labor away at them but
0: uh, something that kids will enjoy. That's another amazing point of it isn't you know not only are you writing a story but you're I um, mean, I guess you can call it an animating it. Would that be the right word? Illustrating. Illustrating. Illustrate. That's the word. Yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> and yes, and by the way,
0: a- your, your your illustrations are fantastic for the ones that I've seen. I, I I love them. Now, well, again, just like, you know, reading it, you're giving me pictures on, you know, what uh, maybe a, I think it's an ROX, you know, what that might be or, you know, possibly what this specific animal looked like back then because I really didn't have much of a clue you know so it definitely helps out it helps paint the picture uh, I guess pun intended maybe I don't know yes yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's why I included that uh, animal index in the back of the books uh, so that people who weren't familiar with um, Ice Age era animals like the Oryx and Weasants and um, um, you know cave bears and woolly mammoths and all that could see what they looked like, at least as, as well as I can draw and get a, you know, a description of the animals, you know,
0: how big they were, and you know, a few basic things. Well, like I said, I mean, it definitely all comes together. And I, I would imagine, you know, whoever's listening to the podcast has, I would hope they've already, you know, started to get into the series, if not, and get out there and, just, and start getting into it. Uh, it's, uh, it's definitely, you know, something that takes you into the world of uh the neanderthals so i I appreciate i appreciate everything that you've been doing with that book that series i say it's a
1: real labor of love i absolutely uh, love writing the series and i love doing all the research and everything
0: well so let's go on to i mean unless there was anything else you wanted to add about your series was there anything I, I, i you know that you would like to to throw in there any uh
1: the only thing I'd like to throw in is uh, just to thank anyone who's who's read the books for, for reading them, and uh, especially those who actually reach out to me to to tell me what they think. Uh, I have the, the most amazing readers, you know, who will take the time to send me an email or um, or contact me through my site or my Facebook page or something and, and let me know that they enjoyed the, the stories and everything. And um, I just appreciate that so much. Um, being a compulsive writer, I'd be writing these, even if nobody ever read them, but uh, um, it's so gratifying to have people reach out and tell me what they think and, you know, what they got out of it. I've had some um, interesting feedback from people who Spoke of things that I never even considered. One gentleman told me that uh, he was just thankful to read something that wasn't full of toxic male characters, which I thought was sort of amusing. Um, I guess I'm not reading those books because I'm not coming across them. But he said he had read a lot of books recently that you know were full of toxic male characters, and he appreciated that I uh, presented. I would say at least my, my main male characters, you know, as being uh, non-toxic, shall we say. <laughs> Anybody reading aloud to their children might have to self-edit a little bit <laughs> as, they, <laughs> as
0: they read. Well, that helps draw us in, you know. I mean, obviously not the children. But, but again, like I said, you know, now, now you have the children's side of things. So um, that would definitely be a good family read. Certainly hope so. I hope it's something that kids will enjoy. Now with that and i don't I don't think I asked you what what sources you, would you have used for your research you know to create your series what uh is there anything i mean I guess there's so much news out there you kind of just jump around and use a whole bunch of things there's not any specific area that you do your research in is there like uh I don't know if there's any specific publications uh, uh anything like that. There may not be. I'm just
1: yeah, not necessarily specific publications. Although I do favor scientific papers um, to get my information. Um, but even those, you you do have to sort of sift the grain from the chaff. You know, there's a lot of articles out there. Um, I read everything I can get my hands on, uh, just because I'm interested in it. But um, you know, you really have to look at the source and, you know, is this tabloid science, you know, is this actually a serious article? Um, and, you know, the for a while there, the discoveries were coming so fast and furious that um, even fairly reputable sources, you know, big name sources were falling behind, you know, they were putting out dated, or I should say outdated information But yeah, I just pretty much read everything and uh, um, I'm somewhat privy to the um, publication process as far as scientific papers goes, having been a former managing editor of a journal. um, You know, I know that there's a, a lag time between the time that a paper is submitted and the paper may have been worked on for a period of months, maybe even years. Before it was submitted, and then it has to, you know, depending on the publication, we had a double-blind review process. You know, it has to go for review, and um, be accepted for publication, and then copy editing. Our average time from submission to publication was about nine months. And so, when you consider the time it took them to write the paper to publish the paper, <laughs> you know, by the time something's published, uh, you know, it might be outdated already, and your heart breaks for the poor person who works so hard or persons, you know, who work so hard to, you know, get this paper published and all the work it took to put it out. But, um, you know, as I said, the, you know, discoveries were just coming in so quickly that, you know, it's through no fault of their own that their paper was outdated by the time it was published. So you just really have to look at everything pretty carefully, but I try to um, just read everything I can on the subject of, paleoanthropology and, uh, you know, all the other facets of life back then, you know, there was a lot going on with, uh, uh, you know, climate and um, with the uh, zoology that was inhabiting the various continents and everything. So, you know, it's it's not just um, research on early humans, it's, you know, research on the, on the big picture and, um, and knowing how they, how they lived, you know, just odd, funny little things will come in handy. Yeah. I, I sort of grew up during the hippie era where wearing moccasins for daily footwear was not terribly unusual at that time. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) so for four years, um, that was my daily footwear was these moose hide moccasins. And, um, you know, so I have years of experience of, you know, walking around with primitive style footwear. I know what it's, I know what it's like. I know how quickly they wear out sure sure and, and uh, what you have to do to fix them so that you can keep wearing them. And, you know, so it's just, you just never know what's going to come in handy.
0: I'd imagine theirs wore out a lot quicker too, because they didn't really have carpeting or, you know,
1: <laughs> Yes, <laughs> exactly. Or, you know, <laughs> right. they were all
0: Jagged rocks. and. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. To, to, to step backwards a little bit on the, the sourcing, I know, you know, with a few of the other interviews I've done with, uh, uh, you know, experts in the field, they there, there seems to be a strong push for I don't know if I want to call it open sourcing or, uh, you know, I guess more free access, I guess, to the information. I know I've come across that a lot where I'm trying to do my research and you know, there's uh, specific websites where you have to be either a student or a, uh, you know, a, a, a scientist or a professor in order to get on there to get some scientific data. And uh, I know there seems to be, you know, with, like I said, with uh, so many the other experts that I've, I've spoken with, that there seems to be a push for more free uh, access, I guess you can say. I don't know what you.
1: Right. No, I would, I would absolutely love to see that. I don't know how many times, you know, I've, wanted to read an article and you know there's a paywall to to access the whole thing you know you can read the abstract or something but that's about as much as you can get right Um, I also understand that uh, these publications have expenses and you know that's a way of recover recovering some of their expenses is to have that paywall um you know some some uh, universities and uh, some other um, entities offer free subscriptions to these publications, so that you can you have access, and uh, that's great. But for the rest of us, who <laughs> you know who don't have uh, that kind of money, say, oh well, let's hope someone else publishes the same information in some free format so that we can
0: access it yeah, and, and it's understandable i mean everyone you know every business out there has every everybody has expenses i mean you know it's hard to kind of just give the information away i guess in a sense but uh right yeah it'd be nice to uh yeah it would be i guess obviously on my side of things as well it'd be nice to have access to that but uh yeah well hopefully in the future something gets figured out which i'm sure it will um, that would be nice. Yeah. So, uh, so again, talking about how, you know, things change so fast um, with your new book, number seven, when um, ha- you may not have, ha- like, uh, has there been any time throughout you writing your series that you've had to, you know, kind of re-edit it because something has changed?
1: There's been, s- yes, <laughs> there's <laughs> been some times where um, new information has come out. And um, and I had to figure out how to write that new information and the storyline to to make it more accurate. Um, When I first started writing in 2015, you know, at that time, um, it was believed that all the Neanderthal, because I believe it was the first three individuals whose uh, DNA was analyzed, um, that all three came up as probably having red or reddish hair having uh, light colored eyes and fair skin and freckles and thought, well first three (laughs) you know maybe they're all that way um so you know i started out my neanderthal characters um with that description (laughs) and um and then darn it don't they find some other ones that uh we're not red-haired, <laughs> so I had to, uh, in, in, uh, in the following books, uh, add in that there were Neanderthal with, you know, a variety of hair and skin tones, etc.
0: That still would be kind of frustrating, I'm sure, and I, I'm, I'd imagine, and like we were speaking, it's like almost every day. Uh, I get news flashes that, you know, a new new discovery you know, of Neanderthal. And it's just like, man, I, I you know, I, I think about you. And then, I, you know, Rebecca Rags, Sykes, and, the, you know, all the authors writing books like that. And I'm just like, boy, that would be so frustrating to to have to go back in and edit everything. So, but I mean, that's a good thing. It's actually a good, good problem to have, I would think.
1: Right. Well, thus far, I haven't had to go back and edit anything except for, when I, uh, did a second edition for the first two books, I, uh, I did update the, uh, introduction to the books to include those discoveries as far as the description of the, the, uh, Neanderthal. But thus far, just by adding it into my storyline, I've been able to just incorporate the discoveries as they come along. And hopefully if they knock on wood, when I say that, that, uh, um, there won't be anything too glaring in the future. Uh, I do love to see the discoveries as they happen. You know, as they they come out in the media, um, I'm just endlessly fascinated with the subject matter.
0: And it's it's it's, it's exciting. It's it's what it makes you wonder why. And and maybe it's just you know a, a more of a focus on uh, prehistory. But it just. Makes you wonder why all of a sudden it seems like there are uh, new discoveries, you know, maybe it's uh, maybe it's the enhancement in technology, you know, or, you know, again, maybe there's more people getting involved in it, I guess that's a possibility.
1: I would say both of those things are probably strong factors. You know, there's more, more interest, which leads to more funding, um, you know, more people in the field and, uh, you know, the advances in technology, especially um, the genetic advances. It's just so much more that uh, they can work with nowadays, analyzing the, the soil from uh, the floors of caves um, you know they're able to get extract DNA from that and who'd have thunk it you know <laughs>
0: right right yeah I agree now so so with that what um, what has at least for you what has been the most significant discovery in you know recent days months years either way whatever wherever you want to touch on what's been most significant to at least to you and your interests
1: ah uh, the most significant would be the um discovery of the Dragon Man skull and the possibility that it might uh, be the skull of a Denisovan. And I don't know if they'll be able to extract any DNA from any part of the skull. I understand that there was one tooth in the skull, you know, perhaps they could extract DNA from that. But, uh, um, you know, just what an incredible discovery. It uh, just opens up you know, so many possibilities and, you know, is this a a new type of human or, you know, is this a Denise event? Um, It's pretty cool, by the way. (laughs) I'll be following that and hopefully they'll come out with something new on it and be able to tell us if it uh, was in fact a Denise event or if it's someone new.
0: Yeah, that would be pretty, pretty fantastic. was that was the most recent discovery i guess really wasn't it uh, dragon man's call most significant i guess
1: yeah one of the most yes
0: yeah well good kind of getting to the end of things here i didn't know uh well how about any um upcoming projects was there anything that you well i I guess we've talked about a few of them i didn't know if there was any other projects you had uh, in in the works or you know it might not be anything you wanted to talk about right now but uh uh, you know, I guess, like I said, number seven, uh, next
1: year. Yeah. Yeah. Number seven for next year. Just, uh, you know, busy working on that manuscript and busy finishing up that first children's book.
0: And, um, now go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, sorry. I was just going to say getting ready to finalize the layout so that I can start working with the, uh, printer on, um, Getting it in the exact format that he would like <laughs> because yeah. uh, there's a lot of back and forth with a printer. I'm always telling me that my uh, images have too many pixels.
0: <laughs> well, tell them to get a bigger computer that can handle them, right? <laughs> can't, can't mess with the flow of things, you know? <laughs> uh, I believe it's their software. They're, sure. You know. yeah. <laughs> Well, so that's good. That's exciting. Uh, I'm sure, you know, as with me, uh, everyone else is, is going to be uh, anxiously awaiting the arrival of that, uh, of that one. And, and as well as the, uh, the, you know, the new children's one. Now, Are you trying to do the same thing with the children's where you want to get one out every year or? That's the goal. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So with all of that going on, just like with me, you know, taking vacation, w- w- when do you have time for you?
1: Uh, that's a good question <laughs> um, when I can
0: yeah I'm sure you're still laying there trying to have time for you and then you know something pops in your head oh I better go write that down I'm sure it's <laughs>
1: yes exactly
0: well let's uh just wanted to touch on you had mentioned it your your website uh, dreamer Uh you know again like I've said in previous interviews or conversations it's just a plethora of information that you can just spend hours and it's all fantastic information um is that something that you as well work on or do you have anyone helping you with that no the the whole thing is
1: uh it's all me you know i uh I do it all. I'm kind of uh, flying by the seat of my pants when it comes to a website. I had a little bit of website experience before I started, uh, before I created this website, but I've been learning as I go and uh, just
0: keep, keep adding to it. I feel you on that. I've tried to make a website as well. And I I just, I can't, I can't figure it out. Like I, cause I'm trying to get Uh, interactions from my listeners, you know, on what they like, what they don't like, you know, what would they like to see, you know, how about this interview, that interview, and I uh, can't get the interaction, and it may just because, maybe just because I'm horrible at the uh, social media side of things, like I just, I can't do a website, I I just, I I don't know how to, uh, you know, how to, I guess, use that uh, efficiently, you know, all the, all the social media. So I, I definitely have a lot of practice on that. I need to, I
1: yeah, need to no, into. I, I understand completely. I, I feel your pain. <laughs> um, and I, I think the, uh, interaction is, is tough because people are busy. You know, I think it's not that uh. they don't want to interact. I think they're just, they're just busy and, uh, you know, it's why I'm so grateful when people do give me feedback and do take the time to, you know, send me an email or something, but, you know, I just keep putting stuff out there on my social media and on my website. And
0: well, I, I recommend everyone take the time first off to read, you know, to, if they haven't at least to get your series started, get into your series, but also man, get onto that, you know, dreamer, because it is. It's it's got a lot of fascinating information, and you can get the books, and oh, you know what, I I also see now, and and maybe I didn't see it before, but you can get uh, uh, apparel, maybe, sweatshirts, or...
1: Yeah, yeah, I've had that on there for years, but never done a whole lot with it, Um, but recently I just started putting a little bit more time into um, getting my Fox and Ferns logo on t-shirts and sweatshirts and things, so... So yeah, it's been there for quite a while. <laughs> but, uh, I uh, sort of uh, polished up the page a little bit, and, and maybe it's more noticeable now. It's just something I put out there. Uh, a friend had told me about this uh, company that he uses to to make his t-shirts and sweatshirts and things, and he says, "You oh, know, you can you know, they handle the whole thing. You know, you just uh, design your your products and." and uh, they'll make them up and ship them out to your customers and um so so I just designed a few things and put them up there and um it's not intended to be a money maker or anything it's just there for for anyone who might like to wear my fox and ferns that's all
0: yeah well hopefully the the, uh, return on investment is a, a million times that, you know, with, uh, you know, at least, uh, bringing people to your website or, you know, whatever, uh, garnering more interest in it, you know? So that's, that's pretty good. Well, Mega, uh, we were, we're kind of down to the last thing here. I just, you know, first and foremost, I, w- I want to thank you for coming on and, uh, you know, talking about a little more about yourself and about your books that are out there. And, I, I wanted to, you know, help you out any way I could with, uh, promoting the new book now when when did that book come out like when when was number six
1: um I sent out my press release on Tuesday so the official big release was Tuesday the 13th but it's actually been for sale for about a week prior to that so it's 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 just very recently come out
0: oh well good good then I'm glad I was able to well hopefully uh, you know it it's I, i'm helping you out some with with the uh interview i mean you're helping me out obviously and i appreciate that greatly so
1: <laughs> and i appreciate the plugs thank you so much for repeating my website over and over <laughs>
0: <laughs> well I, you know again and i i, I say okay. that heartfelt because there is just i learned a lot by reading a lot of the information that you have on it so i mean it, it definitely comes from you know not uh trying to shamelessly plug, but just because it, it was definitely something that, uh, you know, I, I got a lot of interest in uh, reading it. So looking through it.
1: Again, thank you so much. I so appreciate it. I will take all the exposure I can get. Absolutely. <laughs> As I like to say, writing books is easy. Selling books is hard. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well and and on that same sense i appreciate you know how on obviously on the website you have a lot of my episodes and i, I absolutely greatly appreciate that that i mean uh, that helps out tremendously i know it does and, and i can't thank you enough and you know it's i think it's become a good relationship and i, I appreciate it and uh you know like uh i think i i might have mentioned it before the at the end of the last episode but uh, you know we've been talking and uh you know hopefully whenever I get back into the full swing of things with the uh, podcast, you know, the end of August, maybe into September, um, you know, I want to try and get, uh, get you back on, uh, do some kind of round table. So I, I, I appreciate it. Oh, well, sure. Just, just let me know. And, uh, um,
1: again, thank you so much. I, um, I'm happy to share your podcast on my website. I like to pay it forward. You know, I, uh, I, I deeply appreciate anybody who who shares my posts or who helps me spread the word about my my books, and you know I'm 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 very happy to to help spread the word about your podcast too. Like I say, to to pay it forward, you know I'm I'm deeply honored to be included on your podcast, and uh, um, I can't thank you enough.
0: With that, is there anything, Meg, that uh, we may not have covered that you just you want to share? Is there anything that uh, may I may have forgot to ask you or anything that just popped in your mind that uh, you'd like to get out there or I anything mean, you well, want to reiterate on, even if there's anything you want to, you know, bring up again?
1: Yeah, well, the only thing I would like to reiterate again is um, in honor of my dad's birthday, um, because I, I don't believe that these books would be possible, you know, without his influence on him making me the person I am and influence on my, my interests and, you know, the direction my life has taken. And, um, and a lot of the, uh, qualities that he's instilled in me, um, you know, um, deep and abiding sense of, um, honoring family and, um, being, uh, um, a good friend and um, uh, having a, a deep sense of decency, you know, I try to um, include those things in the uh, the main characters of my book, you know, who certainly aren't perfect people, but they, uh, they do honor their families and friends. And, you know, they are basically decent people. As the uh, reader said, they were not toxic.
0: Oh, there goes my doggy barking. Let's see if I yes, can I...
1: <laughs> That's okay. If I uh if I still had my dog, he'd probably be laying here snoring next to me. We'd be listening to my dog snore.
0: <laughs> trying to settle him down, so but that's all right. Hey everyone.
1: No worries. No, I don't mind listening to a dog bark. <laughs> I i miss my buddy. It's oh, a Bernies sure Mountain dog, do. and I... believe me
0: well just to, to, to touch back on you know uh, w- you know with your dad it, it's just it's a true testament how positive influence and you know how you know parental guidance in, in a sense can can lead to you know uh, just it's almost like a pain of forward you know when when parents are uh loving and caring and, 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 uh, you know, willing to educate their children on different aspects of life, how, you know, now you're able to pay it forward to, to the, you know, other generations, you know, and that was, uh, because, uh, you know, how your, your parents were to you. And that's just a true Testament on the importance of parental guidance, positive parental guidance.
1: Right. In, in family period, I was very, very fortunate to, uh, be raised in a, a very large loving family. Um, there was a period where my grandparents lived with us and were sort of like the Waltons. <laughs> um, and I just consider myself to be very, very lucky to have had a, a, a large close-knit family and uh and not only family, but um a group of very close friends. Uh, um, Book six is dedicated to my lifelong best friend. As a matter of fact, we've been friends since elementary school, which was a very long time ago now, and uh, we've been through a lot over the years, um, and uh, nowadays we're, we're both grandparents of our respective grandkids, <laughs> and uh, we're still best friends, and you know, I have a lot of good friends that go back all the way to childhood, and I am so grateful for them as well.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, I always talk to my kids too, about, you know, my childhood and I wouldn't, I wouldn't give anything, you know, back about my childhood. There was always neighborhood. I grew up, there was always, you know, 10, 12 of us, 15 of us, you know, we used to have football teams and soccer teams and we'd be, you know, be able to play against each other and just, you know, just being able to live life with that many, uh, different influences, you know, kind of makes you, uh, I think a better rounded person in life, but, uh,
1: right right and it also gives you a sense of grounding i think as well sure
0: well yeah i guess we'll close out with saying happy birthday to dad (laughs) (laughs) congratulations on making it to 84 you said yeah yes 84 yes and still
1: strong and active
0: yeah yeah that's awesome well again happy birthday dad and 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 back to you meg thank you very much again for uh you know, this, uh, I know it was kind of an impromptu, uh, conversation, you know, I wanted to, uh, get you on and have a good conversation with you. And I, I think it turned out to be a fantastic one. And, uh, I'm sure that our, uh, you know, our listeners will, will, uh, greatly appreciate the, uh, impromptu <laughs> conversation we've had. I sure hope so. And thank you so much, Anthony.
1: Thank you so much for having me on.
0: And, and again, anything else pops up that you would like to get out there, uh. Just, you know, shoot me an email and, uh, yeah, everything, uh, we'll get it going again. All right, Meg. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your summer. Thanks, Anthony. All right. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Neanderthal Mind podcast. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you love what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review the Neanderthal Mind podcast wherever you download your podcasts. And if you know anyone that you think would enjoy this podcast as much as we hope you have, please recommend The Neanderthal Mind to them. Until next episode, my fellow cave dwellers, don't forget, leave your cave drawings and comments on our wall at theneanderthalmind.com.